Chrome TV. That ain't right. Feeling or revealing an overt and often offensive sexual desire. London Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. London Bridge is falling down, my fair lady. Disclosure. The Snatched Podcast is profane, politically incorrect, politically insensitive, anti-organized religion, and is not safe for children or safe for work. Please listen responsibly. You're about to get snatched. <laughs> You're listening to the Snatched Podcast. You're listening to the Snatched Podcast. Warning, if you listen to this, you feel so We are the Crumb Snatcher. Get snatched. Snatched. Peace, 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 peace. 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 Ashe. Ashe. Islam. Namaste. Peace. Arigato. Peace. Onichiwa. Respect. It's Konichiwa. Nihao. Hola. Aloha. Rahube. Grand Rising. Ubuntu. Uhuru. Oseo. Jambo. Whatever the greeting is in your respective language, I am your brother Crumb, here for another installation of Crumb TV. You already know what it is, family. I live in a world called YouTube World. Family, if you've ever been to that world, smash that subscribe button, Crumb TV. Also, once upon a time in a land far, far away, there was a place called Instagram. If you've ever been to Instagram, give me a Grammy, family. Hit that follow button. Crumb TV underscore. Last but not least, in my father's house, there are many mansions. The largest estate that I reside in is Racebook. What better place for a racist? So, continuing, family. This is the first installation of the day. It is called Nursery Rhymes Decoded. And I want to let you know this will be a continuation of White History Month. Because we're going to go deep into white history. Um, but before I go and do that, let me just acknowledge some of the people that's on the line, some of the people who come in first, because I just want to acknowledge those people who be on it. Uh, so who do you have here? We have Culture Healing saying Grand Rising. Beautiful name, Grand Rising. And we have Merko Lowe. I hope, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Miko Lowe. I hope I pronounced that right. Saying word. Word up, family. Uh, who else do we have here? We have Cherie Reed L Messiah Code. Let me find out. We we getting all cold, family. Peace and love to the family. Snatched. Um, last one, and then we gotta uh jump right into it. Who do we have here? We have Michael Phoenix. The Phoenix rises from the ashes. We have to understand there. We can't just build. We have to destroy. Once you destroy, the Phoenix rises from the ashes. He says, "What up, though?" Detroit formal greeting absolutely family when we dealing with greetings y'all can say all the greetings that you want but if you don't understand that what up though is a greeting then you might not be 100% on point so with that said I just want to acknowledge some of the family who got in the building first thank you everybody if I didn't call your name I still see you I love you feel free to comment and I'll hopefully just kind of post your stuff there so before we get started family with uh, my continuation of white history month dealing with nursery rhymes I want to let you know that I have a little help family I got a little help because we must honor respect and acknowledge the divine feminine principle within all things. When we're dealing with nursery rhymes, we're dealing with the children. So who else better to help us to learn about the white history <laughs> of nursery rhymes decoded? None other 
than the memoirs of a karmic dynasty. Peace and love, sister. How are you? Um, how are you? All is well. All is well. I want to thank you so much for coming on the platform. I want to let the family know from the gate. You created this PowerPoint. I work with a lot of people and a lot of people are intimidated. They're discouraged. They're not motivated. And doing a PowerPoint is just hard work. You grabbed the bull by the horns and you said, let's do it. I jumped on a, I jumped on your bandwagon. I got on your wave. I am so honored and humbled to have you here. Thank you, Brown. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. So without further ado, sis, I say let's get right into it if you don't have anything else to add. Nothing to add. Let's go. All right. All right. That's what I love to hear. Okay. So we have uh, me, as you know, your brother Crumb from uh, for Crumb TV and my sister, uh, the memoirs, the memoirs of a karmic dynasty. And this is Nursery Rhymes Decoded. This is the PowerPoint. Let's get right into it. So uh, with that, I want to do things a little bit different. You're going to lead and I'm just going to, I'm going to be uh flavor Flav and co-sign. I'm going to say, yeah, boy, every once in a while, but you're going to take the lead on this if that's okay. That's okay. 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 So uh, the first one that we uh, have here is uh, it's raining, it's pouring. I'm going to read this, uh, uh, this little nursery rhyme and then you can just tell me uh, what's going on. How are we going to decode this? So it's raining, it's pouring. If you don't know this, if you don't know the song, family, I'll sing it for you right now. It's raining, it's pouring. The old man is snoring. Uh, he went to bed, bumped his head. Uh, I'm sorry. He went to bed and bumped his head, and he couldn't get up in the morning. I sung that song as a as a child. What's wrong with this? So this nursery rhyme represents head trauma, actually. And the line, didn't get up in the morning, indicates that no attempt or ability to get up was made. So um, this is a European story, and they're, they're singing and glorifying this man having head trauma and ultimately dying. Correct. Okay, and I think that's pretty cut and dry. It's pretty morbid. It's pretty, uh, you know, it's not appropriate for our kids to be singing. Um, and I, you know, when you and I first talked about it, that's what I was kind of seeing where you were coming from with it. Uh, so if we could, this is probably one of my favorite ones. Rubber dub dub. And let me sing this one for you real quick. Rubber dub dub. Three men in a tub. And who do you think they be? The butcher, the baker. The candlestick maker, turn them out, knaves, all three. Uh, all right. three. Uh, should I read it? Do you want to read it? What should I do? How 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 are we gonna do this? You can read. Okay, Ekra. The earliest version of this rhyme differs significantly in its wording, dating back to the 14th century. The original rhyme makes reference to maids in a tub. A fairground attraction similar to a modern peep show. Uh, I don't think I'm understanding what's going on. Can you elaborate really quickly on on, on this one? A, a peep show? Yeah, the this nursery rhyme originally um, was worded different, and the wording is at the bottom of that PowerPoint slide. When we get back to it, your audience will be able to see it. Um, originally. 
this nursery rhyme was about women doing a fairground attraction, as it says, which equivalates to today's modern day peep show. And then over time, it was, was reworded, revised, and put in a format for children, so to speak. But I disagree. Okay. So um, I will uh, read the, re- the rewording and then I'll finish my paragraph. Hey, rub-a-dub-dub, ho, rub-a-dub-dub, three maids in a tub. And who do you think were there? The butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, and all of them gone to the fair. Okay, now that's significantly different from what we grew up with, and now we're getting down to the origins of what's really good. Uh, So let me just finish reading this. The rhyme is the type calling out otherwise respectable people for disrespectable actions. In this case, ogling naked ladies. Now let me just see if I can pull up ogling real quickly because I don't like when the family use words that I don't know. Uh, define ogling. Let's see what we got. Ogling. Uh, stare at in a luxurious manner. He was ogling her breast. Men who had turned up to ogle. Synonyms. Stare. Gaze. Eyeballing. Uh, give someone a glad eye. Give someone uh, once over. Leech after. So uh, undress with the eyes. Gawk. The nonsense rub-a-dub, I'm sorry, rub-a-dub-dub develops a phonetic association of social disprobation analogs to tisk-tisk, albeit more uh, lascivious variety. It probably should be of the lascivious variety. I don't even know that word, so let me just break that down. Feeling or revealing an overt and often offensive sexual desire. You know, um, so these were basically at the end of the day, ultimately a bunch of perverts. Because initially, I thought it was going to be homosexuality, but it turns out they're perverts. Yes. And not only that, um, there's a slide later and it'll show that these women were actually willing participants in the act during the fairground attractions. And this is what we got our kids singing, huh? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. We're well, going into White History Month. I'm sorry, please. Right. We're going to go into White History Month, whether y'all like it or not. We're we going to celebrate White His Story on Crumb TV. So here we go. Um, the nursery rhyme is a form of teaching such associations in folklore. For individuals raised with such social codes, the phrase rub-a-dub-dub alone stands for gossip or innuendo without all the details. So when we say words like rub-a-dub-dub, hold on, hold on, hold on. Rub-a-dub-dub, hold on, hold on. Rub-a-dub-dub. Family, I got y'all kids saying rub-a-dub-dub. This the, I'm not even gonna say what this is. We're gonna open it. Rub-a-dub-dub. Y'all don't know what rub-a-dub-dub mean, do you? Rub-a-dub-dub. Uh, rubber dub dub. Okay, all right. Keep on singing that for White History Month. Keep on. Uh, don't be surprised when you send your children a Caesar to be educated, and they come back as Romans. Rubber dub dub. Okay, okay. Are you following me? If you're following me, family, can you press one? If you following me, 
Can you press one? <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that that was my one. If I was on the line. Okay. <laughs> uh, one early version in Xmas or Christmas box published in London in, in 1798 was wording similar to that in a Mother Goose uh, quarto uh, or Melodies Complete published in Boston around 1825. And as we read it, hey, rub-a-dub-dub, dub, ho, rub-a-dub-dub, dub, three maids in the tub. And who do you think were there? The perverted-ass butcher, the perverted-ass baker, and the nasty-ass candlestick maker. All of them gone to the fair. So let's 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 see if we get some visuals here. Let me see. Okay, okay. Now, if it um, help me understand what I'm looking at, sis, I'm gonna need you to take it away. All right. So the the picture on the left, the brown and white, whitish one, is a picture of the times of the 14th century, and it shows the attractions that would be at the fair during that time. So the picture on the left shows what they're doing behind the scenes, the maids and the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, um, the men of so-called position in the community. And this is what they did behind the scenes. And this is what this nursery rhyme is based on. And, you know, if I could add value to that, when these Europeans had these festivals and, you know, not, you know, not just this particular festival, but, you know, even going back to Rome with Saturnalia, these festivals were very uh, uh, sexual, perverted, you know, uh, prostitutish, sluttish, sleazy, you know, very dirty. You know, I'm just glad they had water in the tub. That was the part that kind of surprised me. Um, <laughs> you know, dealing with White History Month. If we look to the bottom right here, because I had to crop it to make it bigger. Um, I took this portion right here. Let me delete this just so the folks I can so folks the families continue. I took this part right here and I cut it from this. Oh, dang. I cut it. From this picture right here so this picture had the one on the other side attached to the bottom i just cut it so the family could see it it says the original 14th century rhyme mentioned three maids in a tub with the butcher three maids in the tub with the baker and the candlestick maker so essentially our kids are singing about Sex hot tub yeah hot tub orgies maybe i don't know oh. okay okay yeah Family, we're going to celebrate White History Month on this panel. Y'all know what month it is on Crumb TV? It's White History Month. It's his story. Y'all want to know his story? I'm going to tell you his story. All right, let's continue on, sis. I'm sorry. Yeah, we got a lot to go. We do. We do. All right, I'll just read this and I'll have you just break it down for me. Okay. In the original version, as it appeared both in England and in the U.S., the song was talking about three maids instead of three men. Later research, according to the Oxford Dictionary of Nursery Rhymes in 1951, suggests that the lyrics are illustrating a scene of three respectable townsfolk watching a dubious sideshow at the local fair. Around 1830, the reference to maids was being removed from versions printed in nursery books. In 1842, James Orchard collected the following version, Rub-a-dub-dub, three fools in the tub. And who do you think they be? The butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. Turn them out, knaves, all three. Now, um, sis, I had a pro- You know I got problems with people who use words I don't know. 
So when the, you know, for the children, oh, so the children know what a knave is, but I don't know what a knave is. I'm gonna take that personal. Can you help me out, sis? Okay, so the knaves. We did a, a okay. So a oh, knave. Sorry. sorry, sorry about that. Good or unscrupulous man. Synonyms are scoundrel, villain, good for nothing. Um, Chrome had a favorite. What, what was it? Sob, son of a bitch. That was Chrome's favorite. One of them. Um, bastard, scrum, scumbag. And scamp, vagabond. Okay, okay. So this is what we got our kids singing about, huh? Yeah. This is what the European babies came up on, and then because of our indoctrination, we we uh we jumped on board with that one. We jumped right on board and we started singing with them. Um. So uh, she had read from this one. Let me just delete. She read this one, and. When I had pulled it up, I saw this one right here. Let me see, can I, my cursor, it says, SOB, son of, see, and this is what I keep telling the family about these curse words. They be, sis, I need you to understand what I'm about to say right now. Okay. The reason I don't give a fuck about cursing is because the shit is fake. Yes. We got our kids saying words like knaves. Crumb, knave isn't a curse word. Family, do you realize saying knave is, is damn near equivalent to saying son of a bitch? Okay. Okay. Definitions change. Origins don't. You don't know the words you're saying. So when the so when a beast tells you it's a bad word, family, don't forget for 400 years they didn't allow you to know any words. You weren't allowed to read. So now you're going to take their word on what's good and what's bad and then come to me and tell me I'm cursing and you sitting here singing about knaves as a baby. Oh, Crumb, you can't say bitch, but my two-year-old can say knaves. Oh, okay. Okay, tell me more about the nigga language that you subscribe into because you're not English. You're not from England. But you speak English telling me about a curse. Tell me more. Moving forward. I'm sorry, sis. I just had to throw that one in there. When I, when I saw the word knaves in the nursery rhyme for our babies to sing, and we do, now we're dealing with the nursery. How old you got to be? Family, can you chime in for me? Somebody in the audience tell me how old you got to be to be in a, in a nursery. Is your 10-year-old in nursery? Is your 16-year-old in a nursery? Or is your 2-year-old in a nursery? You got your two-year-old saying words like knaves. And then when I come to me about cursing, stop playing, family. Y'all going to have to get real. Y'all going to have to get serious, and we're going to have to deal with white history. Let's move on, sis. So right, right quick, though, I'd like to add, since you were speaking of the word nursery, the etymology of nursery also means nourishment. Damn! It's called nourishment of your child's brain and growth and development. You ever seen the, the TV show Martin with Martin Lawrence? Yes. Damn, Gina! Damn, Gina! <laughs> okay. I just had to get that out. I just had to, you know, it was, I felt it in me. And, you know, my shit be bubbling. It just uh, come out through my throat chakra. I'm sorry. All right, sis, what, what, what nursery rhyme do we got next? The mulberry bush is what okay. we have next. Okay. All right, so uh, I'm not going to read this whole thing, 
Um, but uh, I'll just read a, a, a couple stanzas. Here we go around the mulberry bush, the mulberry bush, the mulberry bush on a cold and frosty morning. This is the way we wash our clothes, wash our clothes, wash our clothes, uh, uh, wash our clothes on a cold and frosty morning. This is the way we iron our clothes, iron our clothes, iron. Okay, you get it. All right. So can, can you break this down to me? What's going on here? So this nursery rhyme is educating one on how to groom themselves, how to take care of themselves, and also including hygiene. So this song you'll use to teach your children these things. And actually this song were instructions for women. And based off this picture, I see what you're saying. So I can see him going around the mulberry bush. Uh, and to whom it may concern, it's not even a bush. It's really a tree. But that's right. that's horticulture. That's not nursery rhyme decoded. Uh, so I see the little baby washing his face, brushing the hair, brushing the teeth, changing the clothes. And again, they dance around the mulberry, mulberry bush. And we know that the European, uh, they didn't, you know, hygiene did not come naturally to them. Uh, 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 um, think the European uh, um Within his order, within his secret society, he says, "Thanks, thank heaven for 7-Eleven, because uh, uh, only at that time did they learn about hygiene from the Moors, the, his, the historical Moors, not the Moors of today. Um, so we can see where they sing these songs to teach themselves hygiene. Um, I find that to be interesting, but it, uh, uh, the rabbit hole goes deeper. Can you uh, elaborate, sis? Yes, so I mentioned this song is for children. Originally, the song was for women. So the women I'm speaking of were inmates at a prison. What? In Wakefield Prison. And the the children would come to visit their mothers. And so this is a song they would sing to their children. And they made a game of it. And going around the mulberry bush, a.k.a. tree, was an activity they did together during the visits. Okay, so um, <laughs> you just effed me up with that one. So this is really a chain gang song. That's right. The chain gang came up with this song. And we have a picture here of the actual mulberry bush that the song was inspired by in real life. Um, and we can see it's not a bush, it's actually a tree. Um, and then we see uh, Wakefield's rhyming heritage. Uh, let me just try to read just the uh, bold, bold print. The original mulberry bush of the nursery rhyme fame at uh, Wakefield Prison. It has originally part of the central area, but the main prison building and grounds have now developed in areas around it. So, um, as you were saying, this shit came from a, a, a prison. Yes. We had our children singing chain gang. Well, I'm sorry, not our children. I'm mine. <laughs> <laughs> A part of White History Month, we're going to see what they were doing in terms of white history. Where, where where did a lot of this white history come from? Not just the prison family, the women's prison during visitation. Damn. Okay, so um, let me see, can we move on? Let me see, can we move on? So uh, what's this right here? That's uh, the modern day Mulberry Bush, which actually recently had died and was taken down. It was cut down and they replaced it. The one previously um, was a more historical picture, more ancient back in the day picture. So they are staying true with this Mulberry this, Bush. 
season. Okay. In season. Oh, in season. Gotcha. Okay, um, and I just want to go through the history of uh, Wakefield Prison. Wakefield Prison was originally built as a house of corrections in 1594, so it's over uh, 500 years old. Most of the current prison buildings date from Victorian times. The current prison was designed, uh, was designated a dispersal prison in 1966, and the oldest of the dispersal prisons still operating across England and Wales. There's your white history family. The English dialect dictionary note uh, noted references to Wakefield were often short for referring to the long-standing prison uh, being sent to Wakefield, being sent to prison. Here, here we go around the mulberry bush. The exercise yard at Wakefield had a mulberry tree around which female inmates used to exercise. This was being linked to the nursery rhyme all, all around the mulberry bush by uh, the Ertzwill prison governor R.S. Duncan in the book Here We Go Around the Mulberry Bush House of Corrections H.M. stands for His Majesty His Majesty's Prison Wakefield uh, I'm not even going to go any further than that Oh but uh, you know Just for to let the family know This is right and exact The sis is on point She hitting on all cylinders H.M. His Majesty Prisoner Wakefield Her, I'm sorry Her Majesty's Prisons Wakefield Is a category A Men's prison Located in Wakefield Westshire England The prison is operated By Her Majesty's Prison Service And is the largest High security prison In the United Kingdom The prison has been nicknamed The Monster Mansion Due to the large number of high profile high risk sex offenders and murderers held there right now there's the history family there go your children and we done linked it to sex offenders keep singing keep singing family I don't know how you feel about that I don't know maybe I'm going off somewhere you're not I did it during during um cause I've learned the, the um the background of these nursery rhymes over a period of time and I was doing some other type work and came upon some things and it, it just kept rolling in. So I went ahead and put this together. So I'm I'm past shock and awe. I've already had my, my initial reactions put in place. And I'm also glad with that being said and the things I've seen and heard that when my children were coming up and now that my grandchildren are as well, I am glad that those are songs I did not share with them. Anytime it came uh, for us to share stories, I had my children tell me stories. I had I had them share with me what they were thinking. And if we were singing songs, they were the ones making up the songs, and I was following along with the lyrics they created. And you know, as a woman... I have to give you all applaud, no judgment to my mother or any of our mothers, but my mama had me singing all this nasty crap, you know, but she didn't know. Um, and that's what I try to tell the family. Your mother can only give you the best that she has. And if your mother is a slave, she cannot raise you to the status of a king because she doesn't know those things. She can only give you what she was given. And ultimately, because of uh, White History Month, I want to point out that they have indoctrinated us with a lot of white history. So let's move on. Yeah, because my mother taught me those these nursery rhymes as well, so I knew some. Yes, ma'am. So this uh, is Her Majesty's uh, prison ground, uh, and this is where they had their babies at. Happy White History Month, family. Y'all want his story? Here it is. Uh, so um, 
more. The Mulberry Bush removed from Wakefield Prison is believed to have inspired the the uh, the nursery rhyme we're talking about. The women's prisons used to dance around the tree of the children. The prison officer uh, who helped remove the dead tree said it became a project because the mulberry is so important to Wakefield's prison. It is important now. Those men out there, it's important for them. What, what do they have to masturbate to at this point? They need that mulberry bush and the spirit and the energy of those babies so these sex offenders can masturbate to that tree. It is important to Europe's legacy. White History Month, family. I'm not even going to read the whole thing. Let's keep, let, let's keep it moving. All right, what, what, what we got next? We are with Mary Mary, quite contrary. Now, um, you caught me off guard with this one because even though my mama taught me a lot of these, I never heard of this one. Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. I never heard of this one until you had uh, 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 pointed out to me. So this is actually my first time even hearing about the song. Mary, Mary, quite contrary. How does your garden grow? The silver bells, the cockle shells, a pretty mate, uh, and pretty maids all in a row. What is this, sis? I, I never heard this before. Okay, so... This um, Mary and her father was Henry VIII. Um, this was about her time while she reigned in England. To be short and to not get ahead of myself. Absolutely, absolutely. And I greatly appreciate that. So um, with that said, I'm going to uh, simply just read and uh, you know you can help me out. Uh, well, actually, before I read, uh, family, if you ever heard the uh, nursery rhyme, Mary, Mary, can you please press one? If you haven't, press two. Now, I'm going to lead the way because I never heard it before, so I'm going to press two. Uh, but if you have heard it before, you know, uh, hit hit one. I guess, I don't know, am I late or what? But, you know, Tish, uh, who uh, otherwise is known as the memoirs of a karmic dynasty, she really put me on with this one. So uh, definitely salute to that one. I want to see what the family thinks about that. Have they heard it before? But uh, with that said, I'll go into uh, these bullets and read those. Possibly Mary the first daughter of King Henry the eighth. Now, for the family who may not be familiar with King Henry the eighth, that was the one who kept killing all his wives. He couldn't have any sons, and when his wives uh, didn't bear him any sons, he killed the wives. So, one of the daughters he had was her name was Mary, otherwise known as who? Mary, Mary, quite contrary. Um, well, beyond the uh, nursery rhyme. Oh, Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. <laughs> we get in the White History Month, family. We got to get in the White History Month for all of y'all who was watching the Super Bowl. Crumb, I'm not doing Black History Month. I'm watching the Super Bowl. All right, family. Well, if you don't want to do that, let's do this. Let's see. Let's see if let's see if you want to keep watching uh, 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 when we talk about White History Month. So here we go. She was the daughter of King Henry VIII, the mass murderer who kept killing his wives with his uh, hatred for women, misogynistic, uh, uh, um, uh, 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 anti-woman ass, damn near homosexual. And Catherine of Argonne, who uh, set about reversing all that her father uh, and Edward the uh, VI had done and reintroduced Catholicism. Because keep in mind, I believe uh, when I'm, never, I'm not even going to go there. Let's continue on. Silver bells and cockle shells were torture devices. Maids were uh, uh, guillotines. The garden reference uh, was a taunt that she had failed to produce uh, an heir. Or it's Mary, Queen of Scots, who sought refuge in England with Elizabeth I. Um, Queen Elizabeth 
uh, if you don't know who Elizabeth the first is, Queen Elizabeth, who uh, everybody calls the reptilian, that's her bloodline where Elizabeth that we know today starts out. She was put under a house arrest in constant scrutiny. How does your garden grow? Silver bells and cockle shells were symbols of Catholic rites. Pretty maids and were nuns. I'm not really buying that, sis. Does that sound right to you, or is there more to this story? What do you think? There's more to this story, most definitely. Uh oh. Uh oh. Okay. We have to go into White History Month, family. <laughs> Should I read this, or would you like? Or oh, matter of fact, here, break this down to me. What am I looking at right here? What's this? So that would be Mary's um, garden and how it grows. Um, the yep. bunch of the growth of her garden. AKA graveyard. Mm. Okay. Now, family, it's getting dark and morbid. I don't want y'all to blame European men. Well, crime, I understand European men, but I got me a white woman. Family, who is raising all these fucking serial killers? Sis, I don't know. Here, you help me out. I got a riddle for you. I got a question. Here's the question of the day. All these little white boys shooting up the fucking school. Who's raising them? Not us. Not us. Okay. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure. Mary, Mary, quite contrary. Bloody Mary raising those children. I got me a white woman, crumb. Got me a white woman. Your baby grew up the... All right. Get you a white woman. The Mary referred to in this rhyme is Mary first, daughter of King Henry the Eighth and the and his first wife Catherine of Argonne. Henry the Eighth wanted to wanted uh, Mary. Uh, I'm sorry, wanted to marry Anne Boleyn and petitioned the Catholic Church uh, for a divorce time, but was refused. So he isolated himself from the Catholic Church and created the Anglican Anglican Church. As a result of this, England was, at the time of Mary's uh, uh, reign, divided between Catholics and Protestants. When Mary came to the throne, she wanted to convert England to Catholicism again. We're going to make England... Can somebody type in make England great again? (laughs) How do you make America great again? The same way that she made England great again. Through a, 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 a threat Coercion, duress, uh, uh, torture, send your ass to the guillotines, and then from there to the graveyard. How does your garden grow? Mary, Mary to the throne, she wanted to convert England to Catholicism again, going contrary to England's wishes, since most of England was happily Protestant. Her her short reign from uh, 1553 to 1558, that's just five years for the people who can't do math, was marked thus by the execution of thousands of Protestants. The silver bells and cockle shells are torture devices from her time, and the and the pretty maids all in a row refer to hundreds of women burnt at the stake for the crime of being Protestant. Now, sis, you kind of uh, blew my mind with uh, these torture devices. Can you know? Can you help me understand what's so bad about this device right here? What do, what do they do with this? So this device is the cockle shell, the silver bells. We left out the PowerPoint for for time's sake. Um, cockle shells. So the screw that's in the middle, that's pictured in the middle, would be put inside of the cockle shell, which is to the far left. And then they would screw it and tighten it. And as they screwed it, it would open up, as you see on the far 
right. Oh my God, my direction mixed up. So the open one is where they they tightened it. So it actually loosens and opens it up. So these were actually inserted into vaginas, anus um, of men and or women. So for the women, they're going to put this in your vagina and they're going to open it. And for the I'm sorry? And or the anus of the woman. And for the man? Just the anus. You getting butt raped, family. You getting butt raped, okay? We how how do you make England great again? Butt rape. White History Month family. We you gonna have to get butt raped, okay? Okay. Press one if you now understand how we're gonna make this country great again. Press one if you understand how we're gonna make this country great again. Let's continue on, sis. Let's continue on. Hold on. Hold on. What we got next? Okay, right quick, a little bit more with that. The maze is short for maiden, the guillotine. So, you know, okay, yeah. So the guillotine that's mentioned, they're they're mentioned as maids in the nursery rhyme. And maids is short for maiden. The young maidens. Up to 11 hacks on on the neck for the head to separate. Come on, somebody. (laughs) All right, you know what? I'm not gonna do the Martin thing now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I gotta go back to church on y'all. Damn, white Jesus, white, cause you know this is all in the name of religion. White Jesus, how is white Jesus gonna make the country great again? Hold on, hold on, family, hold on, family. How is white Jesus gonna make uh, the country great again? Off with their heads. We're not talking about maids. We're talking about a maiden. A maiden is a little fucking girl. Okay? This is nursery rhymes. A maiden is a little girl. Off with her head. Okay? This is how white Jesus is going to make the country great again. Okay? Sis? Sis? We dealing with the memoirs of a karmic dynasty. She's coming with the heat family. She's coming. This is this is the divine feminine energy that I asked the ancestors for. I I asked the ancestors to send me some karma for their asses. And she on it. She on you like white on a white man. It's supposed to be white on rice, but we're going to change this little nursery rhyme. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. Okay. Nursery rhymes decoded. What do we got next, sis? Uh, London Bridge. Okay. okay. What I'm gonna say right quick with this one is for the for your audience who watched you yesterday in the first installment of White History Emmerment. I say it right, Emmerment. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they're already ahead of the game on this one a little bit. Okay. So if, if, if I can give a little background, you and me have been working on this PowerPoint together and clearly you had already known you inspired me. You know, uh, if I can go back to my little nursery rhyme. Uh, so Kanye West had said uh, in the song Big Brother uh, at the Grammys, I said I inspired me, but my big brothers who I was trying to be. When I did that video yesterday, sis, you inspired me. Gratitude. <laughs> So I did that video on immurement. 
which I hope I said it right. Uh, so let's go into London Bridge and how this associates with a mermaid. So let me just uh, start off by reading for the family who may not know. London Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. London Bridge is falling down, my fair lady. Build it up with iron bars, iron bars, iron bars. Build it up with. Okay, you know what? We get it. We get it. I'm not even going into all of that. But that's the that's the that's what we're talking about right now. I know that y'all were family. Let let me lead the way. Press one. If your parents sent you to be educated by Caesar and you came back a Roman, I'm pressing one. I've been indoctrinated, family. I've been indoctrinated. You don't even have to. You don't even have to show me the nursery rhymes. I've got it memorized. You don't have to say, "Hey, Crumb, what's the Pledge of Allegiance?" Let me let me teach it to you. You don't have to teach it to me. I have it memorized. Before I learned one thing in school, they made me memorize certain things that had nothing to do with my education because we were indoctrinated. So with that said, yes, I know exactly what you know what the Pledge of Allegiance is. I know all the nursery rhymes, and I want you to press one if you know that they indoctrinated your ass. Because they did it to me. And I know they did it to you. But let's move on. Let's move on. That's your one. Okay, thank you, sis. They did it to you too. Roger that. Okay, so let's move on. Because y'all already know the story. Y'all already know the song. Y'all already know your white history. You already know white history. So this is a picture of what? what, what a, now, a matter of fact, tell me the only reason I put this in here because you told me a story. What was your story, sis? So the story I learned years ago was London Bridge um, historically had houses built on it, and a version, a part of the his, the nursery rhyme is based on. The falling down part is of the houses falling into the water below based on the architectural structure was not sound. Okay. They actually attempted to rebuild the bridge and put the houses back in order and it just wasn't working. So they got rid of the houses on the bridge. Okay. And these were supposedly master masons, but I ain't even going into that part. Yeah. So inside this bridge, London Bridge, why do we have a merman here? Why do we have this within the the London Bridge story? <laughs> so we have the merman probably based on child sacrifice. Their thoughts that the children help keep the structure sound. So if that was correct, then they would have kept the, the houses up there, maybe, <laughs> since they start putting children in the wall. <laughs> So inside London Bridge family, babies inside of there, huh? Babies inside of London Bridge. Yep, child sacrifice. So here we go. Let, let me let me take my banner off. Let me let me take this off. The family can see it. I'm gonna I'm gonna read. Ikra, emerment. Uh, uh, from Latin M, which is in, and muris, which is wall or mur uh mur mural. Uh, literally walling in making you the mural is a form of imprisonment usually until death in which a person is placed within the enclosed space with no exits including instances where people have been enclosed in extremely tight confinement such as uh, within a coffin and and, and you're going to see who's responsible for the um, uh, immurement you're going to have your masons 
You're gonna have your uh your your uh your uh, your monks, your nuns, your your religious clergy. This is in the name of white Jesus. Let's let's continue on. Because the sister said, we're not dealing with adults. This is nursery rhymes. We're dealing with children. The song refers to burying children, perhaps alive, of children in the foundation of the bridge. Was first advanced by Alice Bertha Gome, later uh, later Lady Gome, in the traditional games of England. There's your Game of Thrones. Press one if you ever watch Game of Thrones. What they doing with your babies? Press the number one if you've ever watched Game of Thrones. What they doing with young babies? Crumb, I love Game of Thrones. Okay, okay, no problem. Let's get into White History Month with your Game of Thrones ass. Okay, here we go, here we go. And perpetuated by the usual uh, uh, skeptical uh, Iona and Peter Opie. So these are your skeptics. And your skeptics are going to say that, hey, yeah, this was right and exact. This was based around the idea that the bridge would collapse unless the body of a human sacrifice was buried in its foundation. And that the watchman is actually a human sacrifice who will then watch over the bridge in spirit. They're going to kill you and your ghost will protect the bridge. Now, this is a uh, uh, a slide from um, allthingsinteresting.com. Allthingsinteresting.com. I'm going to read this. I'm going to pass you the mic. Okay. Um, most disturbing, though, was the reported use of immerment in Germany in which children were occasionally used as human sacrifices with the idea that the innocence of a child would make the foundation of a castle invincible. One particularly horrid example is the involving Berg... uh, uh, Reichstein Castle. Uh, while rebuilding the already 400-year-old castle in the mid-16th century, nobleman Christoph von Heim was assassinated by a farmer who claimed that von Heim, uh, I, I said Heim, I meant Heim, that von Heim had murmured his son in the castle's foundation. Sis, can you talk to me? How deep does the rabbit hole go? It goes deeper than this, Carl. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I guess we're going to go on to the next slide. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Damn, you're right. It goes deeper. I didn't know there was more. I swear to God, I didn't know. All right. So I, I, one more slide from all th- uh, allthingsinteresting.com. Emurmurment was also reported to have been used in the construction of churches. Damn, white Jesus. Such as one in uh, Wiltzmitz, a district of Germany of the German town Putbus. During the construction of these churches, shortly after the induction of Christianity to the area, the project was plagued with problems. Rather than seek out the cause of such problems, blame was given to the devil. Oh, that sounds familiar, don't it, family? It sounds familiar. I'm just going to blame Crumb. I'm just going to blame the... the, the uh, I'm, I'm a feminist, Crumb. I'm going to blame the man. Blame was put on the devil because y'all love a good boogeyman. Y'all love a good boogeyman. And the immersion of a child in the churches was taken as the viable solution. So instead of fix your problems, you kill a baby. Sadly, physical evidence indeed attests to the practice in various places throughout Europe. Accounts in the 1800s of the demolishing of a bridge. London, demolishing of a bridge. Hold on, sis. Hold on one second, sis. Hold on one second. The, the, the demolishing of a bridge? 
London Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, in, in, in Bremen, Germany, reported the skeleton of a child in the structure's foundation. And the adult skeleton was found within the walls of the church of Holsworthy, England, 1855. Y'all gonna get some white history today. Y'all gonna get some white history today. <laughs> Help me out, sis. Where we at? Ring around the rosy. Okay. So uh, let me sing this one because I feel like singing, family. Ring around the rosy. Pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Of course, we all know that song, sis. What's so bad about that? What's so bad about that, sis? This nursery rhyme is based on plague. This is one of the most common backgrounds of a nursery rhyme, and the Black Plague, to be exact. The Black Plague, otherwise known as the Bubonic Plague. And again, the memoirs of a karmic dynasty is right and exact. Let's get it, family. All right. So I'm just going to read this little uh, blurb from my Google search. Uh, and this comes from NewScientist.com. Don't debate me. Go and debate New Scientist. Is the Black Death and Bubonic Plague the same? Now, keep in mind, family, black means death according to science. What science? Not only political science, not only social science, but also in medicine. The survivors called the great, uh, called it the great pestilence. Victorian science dubbed it the uh, black death. As far as most people are concerned, the black death was was the blue bonnet plague, uh, um, otherwise known as, well, I'm never going to read that. A flea-borne bacterial disease of rodents that jumped to humans. So basically, uh, I just want to point this out, sis. I just want to, you and I didn't talk about this, but I do want to share it with you. Very good. Help me out, sis. What's going on? Back before slavery, because we created the toilet. Who created the toilet? We created the toilet. But y'all don't want to celebrate that. Y'all want to celebrate the Super Bowl. So go ahead on and celebrate the Super Bowl while we go over here and deal with white history since you don't want to do anything else. So before we created the toilet, they uh, they had shit buckets. Do you understand or realize they didn't throw their shit out the back window? They didn't throw it out the side window. They threw their shit out the front window on Main Street where everybody walked. This is this is this is the condition of uh, of Europe. This is the condition, this is the nature of the beast, slovenly. So with that said, uh, as you can imagine, they developed a rat infestation. The rat infestation led to the flea infestation. The flea infestation led to the bubonic plague, otherwise known as Black Death. I just want to share that with you. I thought it was very interesting. But of course, again, we're going to teach our kids this because y'all love to teach our kids European history. And in that case, this is White History Month. What better time? What better place for a racist? <laughs> okay. Uh, help me out, sis. What's going on? Help me out, sis. What's going on? So the first symptom of the disease with the associated with the bubonic plague is a red ring around the mouth. Mm. Now, I want to point out, uh, if, if I could describe this ring around the mouth, it's very rosy. I don't know. 
Can you press one if this ring looks rosy? I don't know, sis. Oh, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What was that you just did? Let me see that. Let me see. Okay, okay, okay. That's a rosy ring. That's a rosy ring for your ass. We gonna deal with White History Month one way or another with your Super Bowl ass. Crumb, I don't wanna do our history. I wanna do his story. Okay, all right. Okay, let's get it then. Where are we at, sis? What's going on? So um, there is a line in Ring Around the Rosie that speaks about pocket posies. Okay. And so this slide illustrates um, the doctor and the posies and that line of the nursery rhyme, which is like your another fave of yours in this PowerPoint. So you can go ahead with this one. Gratitude. So, uh, yeah. So when you brought this to my attention, um, I was somewhat already familiar about it. Um, and I was very excited. I said, okay, well, this is my chance to kind of add value because, you know, a lot of the family out there, they love to debate. You're going to have to pay me if you want me to debate you. Give me money first. So even if I lose, I win. You know, give me some money. So I don't debate. I just add value. And you gave me the perfect opportunity. And I'm just humble and grateful. So um, if we go back and look at the doctors who were to treat the people during the bubonic plague, they wore uh, a mask and carried a stick. If we look at the stick, sis, uh, let me see. Can, can you see the stick that, that, that the doctor is carrying? Yes. Uh, what's at the very top of his stick from what you can see? A pair of wings. Okay. I just want to make sure it won't me. In addition to that, I want to share with the family, he's wearing a top hat. Anytime you're dealing with a top hat, you're dealing with masonry, family. You're dealing with masonry. Now, when you're dealing with masonry, masonry is going to, is going to come in part from uh, the, uh, the Kabbalah or the Kabbalion, specifically the Kabbalion, which is going to be a uh, set of hermetic teachings. The hermetic teachings are going to come from none other than Hermes, who the Europeans called Hermes Trismegistus. So in this in this where uh, 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 where the sisters teaching Hermes Trismegistus uh, is is a doctor. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me go back. And if you look at Hermes Trismegistus, he's an ibis. That's the type of bird he is. And um, he has a long beak. And he's also carrying a staff called a caduceus. Now, he has two serpents. Uh, that's Kundalini energy. He has two serpents intertwining on the rod. And at the very uh, at the very top of the rod, you're going to have wings. Um, and it's the same thing you're going to see with the doctors during the bubonic plague. Uh, and you're going to see anytime you type up these doctors from the, the bubonic plague, you're going to have roses. You're going to have posies. And, and right here, it says the plague and the doctor the plague and the doctor so this this outfit is is masonic this doctor uh, this outfit is based off masonry it's based off uh, uh the cabalion it's based off um uh uh, 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 uh the foundation of the medical industry because also he's going to have that caduceus in hand uh but also you're going to see a lot of flowers so why are we going to see flowers uh, i'm sorry give me give me two seconds i gotta get to the next one why are they going to see flowers? Why flowers? Uh, well, I mean, ring around the rosy pocket full of posies. Why flowers? So the flowers were used um, as a fragrance to cover the stench of death from mm. the disease. And also it was said to be used 
as a preventative measure from the disease. And they also use oils as well. That's right. Oils. Mm-hmm. Essentially, even though they had the science which came from the Moors, they were still ass backwards. Even to this day, I pointed out in so many of my videos how the European is ass backwards. So now, um, let me just, uh, Ikra, let me read for you. Plague doctors wore a mask with a bird-like beak or an ibis-like beak or a Hermes Trismegistus-like beak or a Thoth-type beak to protect them from being infected by the disease. I just told you, family, this disease was based off fleas. So how the, how the funk, I'm not going to say the word F, I'm going to say funk because y'all want to do a good smells. How the funk is this going to protect you from the disease? Uh, why? Because they believe the disease was airborne. There's your science, family. There's your science. It wasn't airborne at all. It was the fleas, but they wore it and they put those posies in the beak. They put posies in the beak to protect them from smelling it because it was airborne. That's pseudoscience. You send your child, if you send your child to be educated by Caesar, do not be surprised when that nigglet come back as a Roman. Okay? That's a Roman. Uh, to battle this imaginary threat, the long beak was packed with sweet smells such as dried flowers, herbs, and spices, and as the sister said, oils. This is according to HistoryAnswers.uk. This is straight from the goddamn United Kingdom. Okay? During the Black Plague, it was thought that bad smells were the cause of the plague. Plague doctors, therefore, wore masks like uh, with long beak-like noses stuffed with flowers or smoke to hide the smell. With your pseudoscience ass. Let's move on, sis. What do we got here? Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Sis, can you help me out? What am I looking at? So here you'll see um, the results of people dying. They were burned, their bodies were burned, and also a measure to prevent the disease spreading. The houses that they lived in were burned as well. Now, you had also told me something about when people die in ashes. What do we say when people die in refer- ashes, ashes, we all fall ashes. down? Yeah, so. No, 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 I'm sorry. You said something else. Uh, ashes to ashes? Yeah, represents death and the people um, falling down. So in the in the nursery, when the, in the rhyme, when the children are playing and they're going around in the circle holding hands and they fall down to the ground at the end, as we know, which represents the dead bodies and the ashes. Ashes and to ashes, dust to dust, white Jesus. I tell you, since you hitting on all cylinders, who, who, who do we have on the platform right now, family? The memoirs of a karmic dynasty, okay? Okay, and we about to decode some more nurseries. So with that said, let's continue on. Let's continue on. Because she made this, family. She made this. Sis, what's next? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Catch him by the toe. Now, um, you messed me up with this one. If the family is not aware because I might talk white, if the family's not aware because I don't necessarily have an accent, um, I'm from the South. All my family from the South. Refrigerator, moat control. Uh, 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 we didn't call it a trunk. 
the place where we store the spare tire, we call that the boot. I, I'm from the backwoods. If anybody wants to know, my children, they live in the same city that, that, that the Nat Turner Rebellion was held in. We out here in the deep woods out here. So um, I was talking to somebody who was raised in New York. They from the north. And they told me a lot of northerners already knew this. But the southerners like myself, we may not be aware of this. Family, I need y'all to, to uh, look at this and let me know if you already knew this, if you didn't. Now, let me show you how the sister blew my mind. Can you uh, read this for me, sis? I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable or to say something that 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 you don't normally say. But just for the for, for the purposes of education, educationally, can you read this, sis, please? Any, many, money, mo. Catch a nigger by the toe. If he hollers, let him go. Any, many, money, mo. Hold on. Like your audience already knows this one, so it's good that this is. That this is something that we know. I'm late. I'm late. I didn't know this until you said it. I never, I never in my life heard that before until you showed it to me. So you yeah. know, uh, another uh, variation of the the rhyme. It goes, uh, any meeny miny mo catch a negro by his toe. If he hollers, make him pay $20 every day. Hold on. Hold on, family. Hold on. I, I just got to go real quick. I got to go. Uh, uh, I left the stove on. <laughs> surprise! I just want to get that out, but I, I, I did want to say this one a little bit more than the surprise. Damn, Gina! Damn, Gina! <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know... <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Because I did my Mar Martin reference, I gotta do one more Martin reference to get myself back in, in teaching mode, in learning mode. <sighs> Woosa. Woosa. Okay, Woosah. <laughs> Say it one more time, sis. One more time. I'm sorry. Any meeny, mighty mo. Catch a Negro by his toe. If he hollers, make him pay $20 every day. Woosah. Woosah. All right. It wasn't as bad the second time. It's getting a little better. I'm starting to digest it. it was, that pill, it got stuck in my throat. That truth pill. Yep. You know how big a truth pill is? Them bitches like this. It got stuck in my throat, sis. I had to, it, I just had a little bit of a hard time digesting that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ugh. All right, the truth pill is down. We can move on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is from the Library of Congress. This right here is from the Library of Congress. Sis ain't making it up. From what are we dealing with this month on Crumb TV? In the month of February, family, we dealing with White History Month. We gonna go to his history. So according to his history, it says right here. Let me let me let me just move my screen. Catch a nigger by the toe. That's in the Library of Congress, family. How'd I miss that one? I don't know. 
So uh, the American version of this rhyme used the racial slur nigger instead of tiger. This version was similar to the reported uh, reported by Henry Carrington Bolton at the most common version among U.S. school children. So this is the thing. In 1888, it won't adults singing this. We got to deal with the European, Caucasian, American history. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch a nigga by his toe. If he won't work, let him go. If that nigga won't work, let his ass go. Skid him, skeety, sky do. But when you get money, your little bride will surely find out where you hide. So there's the door. When I came, I count four. Then he goes, then out goes you. I don't even, that don't even, oh, uh, out go you, skidoo. There's the rhyming stanza. I missed it, but uh, that's like a, 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 what do they call that? They call it a, um, a haiku. I hated haikus in school. Press one, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sis. Give me a second to rant here. Give me one second to rant. Press one if you hated haikus in school. Now, some of y'all probably like haikus, and I'm not trying to make you agree with me. Well, let me press one. I hate haikus. I tell you, I hate a haiku. Get him back on topic. Here we go. For my one, I hate them too. <laughs> okay. Okay. It was also used by Rudy, uh, I, I'm sorry, Rudy Yard Kipling, as in his accounting out song from the land and sea tales of scouts and guides in 1935. This may have helped popularize this version in the United Kingdom, where it seems to have replaced all earlier versions until the late 20th century. Um, again, Ione and Peter Oppie pointed out in the Oxford, Oxford Dictionary of Nursery Rhymes that the word nigger was common in the U.S. folklore, but unknown in Eng any English traditional rhyme or proverb. This, combined with evidence of various and other versions of the rhyme in the British Isles, predating this post-slavery version, would seem to suggest that it originated in the U.S., whereas according to the Oxford English Dictionary, the word nigger or nigger were uh, first recorded in England in the 16th century with their current uh, disparaging meaning. So uh, you have pointed out something here about Rudy Kipling. But before I get you to expound upon Rudy Kipling, can you tell me about your upbringing and, you know, how you were able to decode this? And, you know, obviously I could not. Tell me from the, from, from the position of the memoirs of the Karmic Dynasty. So um, I am so calm, steady from the south. I'm I'm here in Indianapolis, where I was born and raised. Um, and my family, my grandmother's from Mississippi, and my other side of the family's in Kentucky. Um, I'm pasting this haiku thing. Um, anyway, uh, my mother was not big on us watching TV. And I was the same with my children. I actually, to this day, don't have a TV in my house. Um, I don't take part in it. So I was a big book person, and I'm still that way today. Book, internet, I look at, look at things and view things. So when we came, when I came across this real yard Kipling, I'm familiar with him based on he wrote Jungle Book. All right, all right. Now, 
when you and I were working on this PowerPoint, I got to be honest, you really impressed me. Because, you know, when I'm reading about Richard Kipling, I'm like, I don't know anything about anything. Any, meeny, miny, mo, catch a tiger by the toe. That's all I knew. As I said, I'm from the South. I was raised on McDonald's. I was raised on vaccines. I was raised on uh, Ninja Turtles. We ain't read no book. Well, my parents, my mom had me when she was 15. No judgment to that woman. Peace and love to the goddess. Even though she she utterly despises Crumb TV, based off where she was raised, I can understand that. You know. So with that said, um, I didn't I didn't I didn't do no reading. I didn't I don't know no authors. But as you were saying, within your household, you were an avid reader, and 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 within the formation of this PowerPoint, you really astounded me because you was pulling out authors' names. You were telling you were telling me I didn't you know. Family, we didn't get this information from off the internet. We got this information because she connected the dots. Family, I need y'all to understand her. Her. Now, she goes by the name Tisha. Yeah, but she. this is the memoirs of a karmic dynasty. I need y'all to understand what you're dealing with, family. And this is how we are decoding these nursery rhymes through her genius. I'm going to bring y'all. Hold on really quickly. I'm going to bring y'all the, the energy of the divine feminine if I gotta bring your ass, grab you by the hair and drag you. Okay? So here we go. Here we go. So so Richard Kipling, an English journalist, a short story writer, a poet, a novelist. Uh, he was born in India. Oh, that's where we get the tiger from. Tigers are 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 famous and indigenous to India, which inspired much of his work. Kipling works uh, works of fiction include the jungle book. So this whole eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch a nigger by the toe, catch a tiger by the toe, it's all inspired by a British man raised in India. His poems include The White Man's Burden. First, let's see the Jungle Book. Can I pull it up? Is it going to come? Oh, it's too small. But The White Man's Burden, can I pull it up? Let's see. Oh, it's small. But if you look at The White Man's Burden, uh, damn, you can't see it. You can't see it, family. Anyway, if let me just pull it out. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if I get off off topic. When we dealing with the white man's b- burden, you're gonna see where uh, the white man his burden. If you are not familiar with this saying, the white man's burden is to carry the world. The white man's burden is to give you Section Eight. The white man's burden is to give you TANF. The white man's burden is to give you Social Security. The white man's burden is to give you a job. I'm going to send my baby to school and he going to get him a good job. Well, if you go and get a, a college degree and get a job, that's still considered the white man's burden because he got to educate you. He got to employ you. And if you go look at these Indians, they look like you and me. Okay? Mowgli? With your Mowgli ass. Okay? So let's 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 get back on topic. This is this is the guy who brought you any meeny, miny, mo. Kipling in the late 19th century and the 20th centuries was among the UK's most popular writers. In 1900s, he was awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature. If you catch a nigga by the toe, you get a Nobel Prize. Get snatched. As the first English language writer to receive a prize at the age 41, he's the youngest recipient to this day. That he caught a nigga by the toe and white people still ain't got over that. He is also sounded uh, for the British uh, poet Laudership and several times for the knighthood, but declined both. That nigga, he caught a nigga by the toe and they made him a knight. 
Oh, we going to White History Month today. We going deep in the White History Month. Catch you a nigga by the toe and see what happened to you. Kipling's subsequent reputation has changed with the political and social climate of the age. Contrasting views of him continued for much of the 20th century. George Orwell saw Kipling as a jingle uh, imperialist who, uh, who was morally insensitive and aesthetically disgusting. Uh, literary critics Douglas Kerr wrote Kipling is an author who can inspire passionate disagreement I would say the least now you also brought some information to me when they brought up uh, George Orwell what do you have to say about George Orwell sis George Orwell um, from my upbringing I know wrote Animal Farm and George Orwell was also born in India so now we have two competing novelists, both of European descent, both raised in Europe. So it's not like George Orwell really uh, didn't like this man. George Orwell was simply uh, his biggest competitor. Right. And if anybody doesn't know Animal Farm, y'all, be- y'all better rock with the memoirs of a karmic dynasty because we probably going to do one on that too. Not, not, not next, but I'm just saying it's about which. All right, family. Next February, we're going to do some more White History Month. To be continued, February 2021. Animal Farm. Maybe before that, but let's just put it to, to then, uh, tentatively. Moving forward. All right. What we got next, sis? What we got next? Something. This a big one. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> this a big one. No pun intended. This is really a big one, family. She said that, and it was definitely a pun. That was very cute. Um, all right, so I'll read it. Ikra. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. And we see right here, here's Humpty. Here's his great fall. Here's the king's horses and here's the king's men. And here's Humpty looking crazy in the face. All right, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. So uh, I'll read and then I'll have you, uh, you know, break this down, decode it for me. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, in the 17th century, the term Humpty Dumpty referred to a drink of brandy boiled with ale. The riddle probably exploited from misdirection the fact that Humpty Dumpty was also 18th century uh, reduplicative slang for a short and clumsy person. What does this have to do with with the whole uh, Humpty Dumpty nursery rhyme? So Humpty Dumpty actually references an object and it's not an egg. And it is um, has the traits of a short and clumsy person under the influence. So before we even had the nursery rhyme Humpty Dumpty, Humpty Dumpty was a alcoholic beverage. Correct. So now our children are singing about alcoholic beverages. That's the origin of Humpty Dumpty family. Not only was it an alcoholic beverage made from, you know, from, let's go to the bar because these girls be trying to flirt with me, sis. They be trying to flirt with me. So they'd be like, Crumb, let's go to the bar. I'd be like, uh, the bar, that's what you want to do with me? 
crumb. Let's build a PowerPoint. When the girls flirt with me, they don't say let's build a PowerPoint. They say let's go to the bar. I don't deal with girls who go to the bar. No disrespect to girls who go to the bar. You just not my type. No disrespect. You know, crumb, let's go clubbing. I don't go clubbing. No disrespect. But for the family that go clubbing, they go to the bar, they know about Bloody Marys. They know about the Mai Tai. They know about, name me a, a, a famous drinks. Uh, uh, please, uh, memoirs of a... I'm sorry? Long Island tea. Now, oh, they know about the Long Island iced tea. Mm-hmm. In the comments, can somebody please name me a famous drink? Go to the bar and this is what you order. Because, you know, I don't drink. Um, any, anything else? Any other famous drinks? Um... Tequila Sunrise. I, oh, Tequila Sunrise. Okay. Um, actually, I, I I've never heard of that till this, uh, until this day. So me agreeing is just agreeing. It's not like I really know. Uh, I, I I don't. I go to the bar. I'm like, hey, can I get a water? No ice. Who the fuck is this? Get his ass out of here with his nerdy ass. Get this dweeb out the club. He's fucking up the fucking uh the uh the um the aura. He's you know he's messing up the uh the energy in here. Everybody turned up and I'm in, I'm in the corner drinking a water, no ice with my nerdy ass. You don't want to deal with crumb? I'm a nerd. Okay? Anyway. So for the family, can you please name... Oh, there we go. Sex on the beach, crumb. A screwdriver, crumb. The screwdriver. Oh, Shirley Temple. Oh, yeah. Martini. I do know about these. I do know about these. So, Humpty Dumpty. I'm sorry? In and juice. I know about gin and juice. I knew about gin and juice before I, I knew about gin and juice when I was 12. <laughs> okay, so I guess I guess I'm not that much of a nerd. <laughs> because of the rhymes. Right, because of the rhymes. So now you're like a, a Humpty Dumpty refers to a drink of brandy boiled with ale. That was the first Humpty Dumpty. Mm-hmm. A Humpty Dumpty was a short, clumsy man drunk with your Humpty Dumpty ass. With your Humpty crumb. This damn sex on a beach got me twisted with your <laughs> Humpty Dumpty ass. This boiler maker got me locked up, crumb. With your Humpty Dumpty ass. Crumb, this sex on a beach got my mind right. With your Humpty Dumpty ass. So now that we know what a Humpty Dumpty is, now let's get into the nursery rhyme. I'll read it first. Humpty Dumpty is a character in the English nursery rhyme, probably originally a riddle and one of the best known English speaking work uh, of the English speaking world. He is typically portrayed as an anthro anthropomorphic egg. Although, I'm sorry, though he is not explicitly described as such. Can you elaborate on that part? Because you pointed that out and I found that to be interesting. Yes. So with all the versions of the nursery rhyme, um, it is never mentioned that he was an egg, that there is an egg associated with this nursery rhyme. Damn. Damn, family. Y'all done took that thing and ran with it. Humpty Dumpty ain't even an egg. So with that said, I'm going to come back and finish reading this. So with that said, what is Humpty Dumpty? Let me see. There we go. What's Humpty Dumpty? Humpty Dumpty is a a man with a beer belly. 
Humpty Dumpty is a man with a beer belly. Okay, family? He's not an egg. It never said he was an egg. You just took that and ran with it. Humpty Dumpty is a drink. A Humpty Dumpty is a man with a beer belly shaped like an egg. So they anthropomorphized this man and drew him as an egg. Hold on, hold on. I think I, I think I hear my baby calling. <laughs> hold on, hold on. You making me laugh? Stop laughing. <laughs> hold on, my baby calling. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that family? You thought it was an egg? Okay. Okay. Let's get let's let's get down to business. Let's get down to business. Let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back. Cause you see I skipped a couple slides. Let's go yeah. back. All right. They never said he was an egg family. They said it was a we know you love jazz music, so let's try some jazz music with a little R&B flavor. What about some jazz music with a little trap flavor? Jazz and Caribbean. Hey, we mix it up. So, online, look for Grandpa Crunk and enjoy the great jazz music. Grandpa Crunk. Jazz music. Drink. It was a hard drink and you had a beer belly. And they anthropomorphized that into an egg. The first recorded version of the rhyme date from the late 18th century England and, and the tune from 1870 in uh, James William Eliot's National Nursery Rhyme and Nursery Songs. Why the hell would you make this a nursery rhyme? I don't know. Its origins are obscure and several theories have been advanced to suggest original meanings. Uh, the character Humpty Dumpty was popularized in the United States by the actor George L. Fox as characterized a uh, literary illusion. Uh, he has appeared and been re- and been referred to in many works of literature and popular culture, uh, particularly English author Lewis Carroll's Looking Through the Glass. Now, sis... You and I were researching this together. And when you saw the name Lewis Carroll, it set something. Now, to the, to, the, to the listening audience, as well as Crumb, the name Lewis Carroll don't mean shit to me. But Lewis Carroll gave you an aha moment. Family, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, sis, tell me again your origins and why that name even would mean something to a person of your caliber. How did you grow up to where you even knew who Lewis Carroll is? I read a lot of books. I studied a lot. And I uh, actually, some would call, I was sheltered. I was in the house a lot. I wasn't allowed to go out too far. So Lewis Carroll, to me, um, simply means Alice in Wonderland. Damn. Through the Looking Glass is a um, is a book after a sequel to Alice in Wonderland. So now... We didn't find this from research. We had to connect the dots. She connected the dots for me. I didn't know this family. And that's why I'd be, I'd be a little bit perturbed sometimes when y'all ask me questions. Family, I keep telling you, I'm a master's student. I'm, y'all be asking me questions like I'm a teacher. I'm not a teacher, I'm a student. 
if you want a master teacher, there it is right there. Who's the master teacher? The memoirs of the karmic of, of a karmic dynasty. That's the teacher. Family, y'all be like, oh, crumb, I can't learn from you. Sucks to be you, family. It sucks to be you. I can learn from anything. If I get shot, I'll learn from that. If you get shot, you ain't going to learn from that. If a man gets shot and he don't learn from that, press one if you understand, he's probably gonna get shot again. If a man gets shot and he don't learn from that, press one if you understand, he's probably gonna get shot again. So now, I wanna tell you, I can learn from a roach, I can learn from a good day, I can learn from a bad day, I can learn from a goddamn white supremacist. I learn from everything, family. I don't cherry pick. You gotta have a degree for me to learn from you. You can't you can't reference Wikipedia for me to learn to you. You gotta study Dr. Claude Anderson for me. Family, don't get me wrong. I understand you got standards, but family, I better stop cherry picking. You better learn from any source that you can, good, bad, or indifferent. I learned from her the memoirs of a karmic dynasty moving forward. So now when the sister said, hey, Carol Lewis is a special guy. He was the one who wrote Alice in Wonderland and Alice in Wonderland part two. Now, when you said that, I'm not gonna lie to you, sis. I called your bluff. Nah, <laughs> nah, she ain't right. That ain't right. That was a, uh, a scene from a movie with Chris Tucker and Bernie, Bernie Mac. Uh, Chris Tucker was supposed to give a speech and then right before he was to read the script, he just kind of freestyled and in his freestyle he kept saying, that ain't right. So when you were telling me that information, I did my little uh, not Chris Tucker, Chris Rock. I'm sorry. It was Chris Rock. That ain't right. So when you said that, I'm like, nah. Nah. So lo and behold, if you go and connect the dots between Alice in Wonderland and uh, uh, Humpty Dumpty, you're going to see Lewis Carroll did indeed connect both the dots. So if we look right here, we're going to see through the looking gap, through the looking glass by Lewis Carroll and what Alice found there. Who looked through the looking glass and what did she find? Find. And here we go again. Here's another one. Let me focus your attention. Alice through the looking glass, the sequel to Alice in Wonderland, Lewis Carroll. Family, can you please press one if you never even knew there was a sequel to Alice in Wonderland? Hold on. Now, I know you can't press one because you're a reader. You grew up on reading Rainbow. I grew up on Ninja Turtles. Huh? <laughs> you grew up on reading Rainbow with the dude from Star Trek. I grew up on Star Trek. That was it. That was it. So uh, that's how you connect the dots. The divine feminine energy. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wrong button. Wrong button. Humpty Dumpty. Let's. It goes a little deeper. Yeah. Humpty was a powerful cannon used in the English Civil War. It was mounted on the top of St. Mary's Wall at the Wall at the Wall Church in uh, Colchester defending the city but the wall crumbled under the under fire and the greatly feared weapon broke the king's men uh, who are people loyal to the crown lost the battle due to the loss of the cannon now I want to remind the family when we're dealing with Christianity we're dealing with a war religion when we're dealing with Christianity we're dealing with a war 
religion. Don't play with me, family. All of you Christians, in uh, 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 inadvertently, subconsciously, you got a bloodthirst. Christians love to go to war. So Humpty Dumpty was not on a regular wall. Humpty Dumpty was on top of the church. Crumb, the, 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 the cross is on top of the church. Jesus is on top of the church family. What month is this? The memoirs of a karmic dynasty? What month is this? It's February, Crumb. And on Crumb TV, what do we celebrate in February? White History Month. In Jesus' name. White Jesus. In white Jesus' name. (laughs) For White History Month, I need y'all to know white Jesus is all about death and destruction. Humpty Dumpty was a product of white Jesus family. Can you press one of you understand that this is all based off religion? This, this, this war machine is a religious machine. There's the church. So from uh, if you stand back and look at the church, Humpty was at the top of that bitch. And you can see all the plaster work, all, all the cement work. So instead of shooting up Humpty Dumpty, they just... They just broke down the foundation. Hold on. There's my mouth. See the plaster? You see where they they shot all the damn walls down. Humpty fell off. And then they they couldn't fix Humpty, but they fixed the church. This right here is when you up on the church, looking up. Oh, that's a great fall. That's a great fall, family. That's a great fall. So, so, So once that bitch fell, what did Jesus do? Jesus carried his ass. Oh, sorry, guys. I got to go. I got to go. There's a baptism somewhere. I got to be a part of that. Well, sis, what did Jesus do during our slavery? You remember what he did? Yeah, like you scratching your chin. White Jesus. (laughs) White Jesus helped your ass get a job. Okay. That's perfectly fine. White Jesus helped you uh, 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 win the lottery. White Jesus helped you get a free bag of dope from the dope man. Oh, that's what white Jesus do. But why, but when your ass was in was in slavery, white Jesus was sleeping. He bailed on your ass. When Humpty Dumpty fell from the church, white Jesus bailed on your ass. Okay, Christians. Humpty Dumpty settled. Humpty Dumpty often refers to folks with some with with, with some large girth. But in this case, it refers to Cannon sitting on the top of uh, St. Mary's Church. So we already talked about that. What do we got next, sis? Because we we got to wrap this up. What do we got next? Next and last, finally, we have a, a nursery run. Um, and I see in the comments, someone's talking about children's entertainment and what's it mean. I would say right quick what it means is, and the timing was good for that question. When you're, when you're brought up on nursery rhymes, your nursery rhyme continues with you throughout your life and you have to reprogram yourself, get rid of it and uh, replace it with better, with actual information and knowledge. So take the nursery rhymes from your nursery, from your daycare, from kindergarten, and you sit in church now as an adult and sing a nursery rhyme called Amazing Grace. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because the way you just kind of flow that in there, I got a damn Gina. Okay, now that I got that out of my system. <laughs> Amazing Grace. 
let's get it. So here we have John Newton, a former slave uh, slave trader who wrote uh, the beloved hymn, Amazing Grace. Now, I got to be honest with you, sis. I got to be honest with you. When you told me the story, I called you bluff. I called you bluff. When you told me the story of the guy who wrote Amazing Grace, I felt like I already knew that story. So when you told it to me again, you know what I said, right? In my best Chris Rock voice. That ain't right. I was doubting you, sis. To whom it may concern, I doubted her. I said, no, she's probably wrong. She's probably read it wrong. Her research is flawed. Not because I knew she was wrong, just because the, the, the I didn't know the story and it just sounded so crazy. So with that said, let's get into the story of Amazing Grace, written by John Newton. So I'll read it and you can, uh, as you always do best, break it down. In 1743, while going to visit friends, Newton was captured and pressed into the naval service by the Royal Navy. Now, just to let you know, family, what this sentence really means is that he was he was a, do- a, a draft dodger. He was a draft dodger. And they found his silly ass. And they put his ass into the Navy because he, because, because uh, at that point, it was an automatic draft with his bitch ass. He became a midshipman, so he was kind of like middle man- management. Newton tried to desert. When we say desert, what does that mean, sis, in, in terms of military? What does that mean? A-W-O-L, AWOL. His ass tried to go AWOL. He tried to go AWOL. You yellow belly spineless coward. You a draft dodger and you tried to go AWOL. You ain't shit. Your daddy won't shit. Your daddy's daddy won't shit. Your daddy's daddy's daddy won't shit. You come from a long line of niggas who won't shit. Okay? Amazing grace. Shut up. Shut up. Newton tried to desert and was punished in front of a crew of 350. They stripped his silly ass to the waist and tied uh, to a grating and he received a flogging. So the same with like, I don't understand what that means, Crumb. I don't understand what that means, Crumb. They tied him to a grate and he received a flogging. There you go, family. There you go. Amazing. They did that in front of 300 people. Amazing grace. Okay. All right, so now that you got a visual of what happened to his silly ass, they whipped his ass eight dozen times. And he was reduced to the rank of a common seaman. Crumb, what are you talking about a seaman? Are you talking about sperm? I'm talking about a seaman family. A se- he, he, he was reduced to the rank of you. They reduced that man to the rank of nigga. Are you kidding me? Following that disgrace and humiliation, Newton initially contemplated murdering the captain and committing suicide. What better way than to go out like a pussy? He eventually recovered. Later, he transferred to Pegasus, a slave ship bound for West Africa. So let's be clear, family. This man was a slave trader. Okay. The ship carried goods to Africa and traded them for slaves to be shipped to the colonies in the Caribbean. 
family, there was no slavery in America. That was in the Caribbean. That was in the Caribbean. The, transac- the, uh, the transatlantic slave trade was between uh, uh, West Africa, Europe, and the Caribbean. Now, they put North, uh, North America in here, but that came centuries later, after Newton. Newton didn't get along with the crew of Pegasus. So what does a slave trader do to his brother when he can't get along with him, sis? I'm going to sell your silly ass into slavery. I'm going to sell your... Just one, if you understand what a white man will do. Crumb, you know, black people sold their brothers and sisters into slavery. Oh, really? Oh, that's what you got for Black His Story Month? Okay, well, I got you with White His Story Month. Amazing grace. Okay. I'm sorry, family. I'm sorry for all the all the additional commentary I got to put in here, but it ain't going to be right unless I beat this horse. So he transferred after they beat his silly ass for trying to go AWOL and draw, draft dodging to, to another slave ship called Pegasus. And they sold his silly ass into slavery. In 1745, they left him in Africa with a slave dealer. The dealer took Newton to the coast and gave him to his wife. They sold that man to a melanated woman, to an African princess by the name of Princess Pie of the Sherbro people. And what did the princess? I need I need my sister to tell this story. What did the princess do to his ass? Memoirs of a comic dynasty. The princess tortured him and she treated him as she treated all of this now hold on hold on I don't even want to be in the picture I don't even want to be in the picture because your name is the memoirs the stories of a karmic dynasty can you tell me how karma fits into this story sis so um, all of the things that the people who were sold under John Newton um, experienced, he in turn received the karma and experienced it by a melanated woman. Damn, Gina! Damn, Gina! The memoirs of a... How better to end this? Can't... How better to end this? You can, it don't get much better than that. So family, you know I try my best to keep it under an hour, but for this woman, I had to make an exception. This is Nursery Rhymes decoded by the memoirs of a karmic dynasty telling you and showing you karma at its best. And of course, it is all brought to you by Crumb TV because I am the one who is going to bring back the divine feminine energy. So with that said, sis, I want to let you have your, your last words. Tell them who you are. Tell them where they can find you at. And then I'll close from there. I am Tisha with the memoirs of a karmic dynasty. There are questions being asked today and I know Crum points you to the people who can answer them um, during his presentation. So on Facebook, you can inbox me. My Facebook name is Joy, J-O-Y, Allen, A-L-L-E-N, and I'll be more than happy and pleased to talk to you. So with that said, 
This is Nursery Rhymes Decoded. I am your humble brother, Crumb. I will leave you the exact same way I came to you. In peace. In peace. In peace. In peace. I am your brother, Crumb. In peace. We are the Crumb Snatcher. Get snatched. Our content is conscious, edgy, and pro-black. Our goal is to uplift and understand enlighten our people. Trigger warning. Some of you will disagree with the Crumb Snatcher. We are not concerned with being politically correct. We are thought-provoking. Some of you are gonna think that we're angry. You are wrong. Yet you're gonna enjoy the ride. Join our antics in conscious thought and new reality. Get snatched. The views expressed on this podcast are not the views of Positive Vibes Inc., its staff, sponsors, or owners. I love you. We are the Crumb Snatcher.